Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Test that thinking early. See that there is actually demand. People do want to use the idea for the solution before over-investing and spending a lot of time and money building something that you can't even give away for free and sometimes you can't even pay people to use. That's an unhappy place to be. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 293 of Impact Boom. My name is Indio Miles and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today we're speaking with Ben Pekatich. Ben's a designer, innovation coach, and the founder of Dynamic4, a social enterprise and certified B Corp focused on design and innovation for happier communities. Since 1993, he's been focused on designing and leading strategic change in Australia, New Zealand, the UK, and Europe, combining strategy, design, technology, consulting, and program management. He co-founded his first startup in 1994 and has been working on startups and social enterprises since then. He spends his time coaching leaders to solve problems that matter and deliver great outcomes for people and our planet while being financially successful. Over the years, he's coached thousands of founders, leaders, designers, and university students. He's the author of Solve Problems That Matter, a 90-day program helping people take a human-centered approach to design, build, and launch their social enterprise idea. He's also co-founder of the Sydney Design Thinking Meetup and a founding board member of Setna. On today's podcast, we'll discuss why entrepreneurs should adopt design thinking as a core practice to create innovation and how Dynamic 4 is helping leaders create social change across diverse sectors and communities. Ben, thank you very much for joining us today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. And uh, just want to acknowledge that I'm coming from Gettable Country, where I'm lucky to live, work and play, and just pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging from the Gadigal Country. Thank you very much, Ben. And to start off, could you please share a bit about your background and what led to your interest and in work in social enterprise? So my background, I think you've covered a lengthy version of that in my little bio there. So, <laughs> um, but the way I normally, you know, the one word description is designer. So human centered design has been the still thread that's sort of run through everything I've done throughout my background, which is pretty mixed and varied. I started in financial services back in 93 at the fresh age of 17, started the pretty much the lowest part of a bank you could. And the following year in 94, I started my first startup. So I had this parallel life of designing, leading, delivering strategic change in really large, complex organizations with lots of people with their own agendas and an interesting system, a systems view where the, the system boundary was basically the organization and the customers. But within that, trying to lead and, and design strategic change, that was a lot of fun and, and working at that large scale. And then... In parallel, working on trying to get startups off the ground. And so cross-pollinating 
those two different ways of seeing the world and experiencing the world. One, significant resources and lots of complexity. And then, you know, smaller scale startups with effectively zero resources and and trying to find a pathway through and get things done from the ground up, which is a very different way, but lots of lessons to cross-pollinate between the two contexts. So I did that for a, a long time. And then I founded Dynamic 4 in 2001. So we just had our 20th birthday not long ago. So I was living in London at the time. Thank you. Had moved to London and there wasn't much going on in terms of the job markets. I thought I'd do my own thing and that's how Dynamic 4 was born. And in terms of kind of the social enterprise and interest in social enterprise, how that's really evolved and emerged over those 20 years. So we always had a negative screen in terms of types of projects or clients that we would work with. It'd be a pretty clear screen of we won't do this type of work and would screen some out. Over time, that became positive screen would only actually do work with people and organizations on projects that did completely align with our purpose and our theory of change and also that we're the right people to do it as well what's social enterprises meant has evolved during it and obviously social enterprise has been emerging and and growing in popularity over that same 20-year time horizon as well and in terms of my a key thing that I'm driven by is fairness. Whenever I see or experience injustice and when things aren't fair, it hits me pretty hard. And I yeah. really feel motivated to try and help make things fairer for people. And that's all part of that bigger picture of wanting people to be happy and, and to have increasing quality of life. It's a longest journey. It's since 93, coming up to 30 years of doing these things. But all of those pieces different ways of thinking and doing things, ways of working have then culminated into what we do now. And I'm really glad that you touched on all those elements there and explained a bit more of your why, because it's really important to touch on that. And yeah, just about why you've done the work that you have. And you talked about it and then that you're the founder of Dynamic 4, and it's a social enterprise focused on coaching leaders to develop sustainable and happy communities. So can you tell us more about Dynamic 4's approach to social impact? Yes, I think, as you said, starting with the why is always good. The the whole, you know, vision that we have and our theory of change and what we're lining up against is ultimately that people and communities have that increasing quality of life. For that to happen, we also need a planet that's nice and clean and healthy. We've got some work to do to make it cleaner and healthier as well. So that's a big vision and the larger impact that we want to contribute to. That's pretty massive. So in terms of where we can actually play an active role in, in our theory of change in terms of how to help progress that is that business has done a lot of good things over the last couple of hundred years and it has lifted a lot of people out of poverty and it's created a lot of positive outcomes for people, but not for everyone. And it's actually done a huge amount of damage to the planet and exploited people and increased poverty for certain groups of people as well. Business and organizations are powerful they hold a lot of the resources and capital and what business does and how it operates is very significant to how people get to live their lives. The theory of change that we're working towards is if we can help organizations and leaders solve problems that matter and do that in more empathic and innovative ways and not just measure success in a business context or organizational context traditionally with profit only and the financial bottom line, also thinking about and valuing and actively working towards great outcomes for people and our planet and creating economic growth and, and prosperity, then that's when great things are more likely to happen as off the back of that, people and communities will be happier and, and have better quality of life and, and the planet will be healthier. 
that's kind of the overarching where we're trying to help get us to as, as humanity and some of that theory of change. And then in terms of what we actually do, it is a mix of a few things, but a lot of it's about taking a human-centered design approach to innovation. Over, over the years, what's evolved is more focus on helping others with their impact and being able to help grow their capability and capacity to be able to deliver great social environmental change and kind of that hearts, minds and hands type approach. So helping people think about what's important to really engaging at that, that why level and then being able to take practical action as well and coaching and guiding them through that journey. A lot of the work we do is working with early stage social enterprise founders or people with social enterprise ideas and trying to help them work out what their idea is and take a human-centered approach to working out who the people are involved, how to test their thinking and really bring empathy to that whole journey and, and much more rather than just a consulting model of coming in, taking it away, doing some work on it, bringing it back. Over the years, we've moved much more towards a coaching, working alongside and helping build the general capability type model. For over 20 years, I've been working pretty deeply in digital and tech. It wasn't called digital 20 years ago. Being able to use digital as a way to be able to leverage, to be able to scale and, and deliver positive impact is also another big focus area. Then a lot of work around helping build ecosystems and collaboration is another big focus area as well. And it's a really beautiful mission that Dynamic 4 has, and all of those elements are so important around empathy and considering that human-centered design approach. And when you were talking about that, you're actually a champion of design thinking and its role in kind of spawning and creating innovation. Can you explore this term of design thinking a bit more deeply and what does it entail? Thinking and human-centered design, I will use the terms relatively interchangeably in most contexts, but design thinking is really just a human-centered approach to solving complex problems and it really thrives in that complex, wicked problem type space. And despite it not being in the name, it's as much about doing as it is about thinking. So when people hear design thinking, some get the picture of chin stroking and strategizing but not much action. Design thinking is very much about taking a proactive role in understanding people, doing things with them and alongside them, building empathy, testing ideas and their thinking with those people, prototyping ideas and then delivering, iterating and having a constant cycle of iteration. But it is very much about doing despite it not being in the name. And a key principle with any good design is you always start with the people. And so empathy and understanding who the people are, how they see the world and experience the world, their lived experience, what matters to them, how they think, feel, behave, what motivates them. These are the key things that we really seek to understand through taking a human-centered approach or design thinking approach. We always start with the people, we build that empathy, and then it tends to be at quite big picture strategic design and change as well. Understanding the systems at play how those systems hang together, where the different feedback loops and incentives and where the system boundary is. All of these types of systems thinking type approaches play pretty heavily into taking approach as well. Some of that might not traditionally sit in a standard design thinking model, but it's very much that approach to things. In a social enterprise context, a big part of it is starting with ourselves. When we're out there looking to build empathy and, and create and contribute to positive change, we've actually got to start with ourselves. A, a big focus that I work with people on is taking time to think about and building positive happiness habits, being clear on 
your own personal why and your purpose, that vision state that you're working towards and wanting to contribute to, and then that theory of change of how do these things actually stack up to get there. Design thinking sits underneath and throughout all of that because the whole process is about iteration and time to explore possibilities and then selecting and narrowing those choices, getting sharp clarity on what the real problem to solve is before we jump into solution mode, which a lot of us tend to like to skip understanding the problem when we go hear about something or you see a problem and you go, I know the solution. And we tend to jump straight to solution mode. What I love about taking a design thinking approach is we actually immerse in the problem and really understand the people, the problem that they're experiencing as they experience it and understanding that with deep empathy and the context that they experience it in, uh, which includes the systems views of things before we start going, okay, I've got an idea for a platform. So that's a, a high level snapshot, how we apply that human centered design thinking approach to innovation. Yeah. And when you explain it like that, it just sounds like such a critical process and it's something that truly anyone can adopt. And when you've merged that, when you're talking about Dynamic 4 in that context of teaching it to leaders and people who want to create change, and also now you're the author of, of your own book, Solve Problems That Matter, Design, Build and Launch Your Social Enterprise. When we're talking about that design thinking and all of those strategies involved, what advice would you give to an aspiring innovator or an entrepreneur looking to create change in their own community? There's so many things. <laughs> um, and I also <laughs> hesitant to jump into advice without understanding the people in their context. But in terms of general advice and ways of approaching things, the very first one is to be not happiness in the sense of in this moment as this mood, I feel happy, but happiness in the sense of something that we create for ourselves. It's Happiness and purpose are things that we create as opposed to things that are bestowed. We need to charge our own happiness, our own personal well-being. We need to look after our own personal sustainability on the journey of exploring a social enterprise idea because it's very easy and it's very common, unfortunately, for people on this journey to feel overwhelmed and burn out. I think the first step and, and literally the first chapter in the book is called Mindsets and we talk about happiness habits because... Without that foundation of being able to build some happiness habits and some basic ways of looking after our own personal sustainability, then it's far too easy and far too common that we become another casualty on that journey and another person that's actually needing more help than being in a position to provide others help. Be happy, proactively build those happiness habits, understand our own mindsets and build that self-awareness, simple things like breathing and, and maybe some meditation and just some basic understanding of how what we've learned through neuroscience in terms of the brain chemistry and really simple practices that we can do to literally change our brain chemistry that puts us in a better headspace. And some of the research shows that when we're in a positive headspace, we're at least 30% better and more productive at anything that we want to do. It sounds like a bit of a trite thing of saying be happy, but <laughs> it has very tangible outcomes. Sean Acor, who's a happiness researcher, Part of the research was with surgeons and they found that surgeons are 30% better at doing their surgery <laughs> when they're in a positive headspace. Another piece of advice, if you need surgery, find a happy surgeon because they're going to be 30% better. <laughs> um, overstate the importance of looking after ourselves on this journey. It's really important and it's one that we often brush past or we think we've got handled until we don't. And then it's much harder to get back to a good space than maintain through happiness habits. In terms of other advice, very quickly, of course, I strongly recommend taking a human-centered approach, build that empathy, 
we need to come to this type of work with a lot of humility. It's about working with people and, and doing things with people, not to people. We don't need more colonial approaches of you're broken, I'm going to fix you. That's yeah. caused more damage than positive, that mindset. We need to follow simple principles like nothing about me without me. Mm. You, you don't get to do anything to me unless I'm involved and I say it's okay. So that inclusive design, that collaborative change is all part of a human-centered design thinking approach. That's way of doing design and approaching problem solving, I think is a really positive and fits very well with social enterprise ideas because that's the reason we're doing it. We're doing it to have a positive impact on people and community. A big one that comes up with social enterprise is we tend to fall in love with our idea really early and we'll just go off and start building the solution, whatever the solution might be. Then we tend to overinvest in that solution and when people aren't using it or paying for it or both, we then try and solve that by adding another, whereas the actual problem wasn't the product or the solution, it was actually the underlying business model and the need. We, we weren't solving a real problem that matters to people and we didn't have the right solution to match up against that. Unfortunately, sometimes we're looking at problems that people just aren't ready to do anything about. It's doing all the things to be able to test that thinking early, see that there is actually demand. People do want to use the idea for the solution before over-investing and spending a lot of time and money building something that you can't even give away for free and sometimes you can't even pay people to use. That's an unhappy place to be. I've a few times on different social enterprise startups yeah. and that's not a place to be. And then the, the final one, which I think is really important, is to find a community. It can be a, a long, lonely journey. And so being able to find a community of other people who are values aligned, doing the same or similar things is really important. And we're lucky in Australia to have loads of those. And something I talk about as well, if you look locally and you can't find your community, there's plenty of global communities to be part of. Mm. And sometimes you might just need to put in the work and build your local community and bring people together. Those are very great pieces of advice there for just anyone, not even just an innovator and entrepreneur, just for anyone looking for happiness and looking to develop and work on themselves. And all of these things aren't static points in time. No. They're, they're, they're ongoing. So it's not something you, you do once, job done. Mm. I don't need to think about it. They all require nudging along. But when we build momentum on any of these things, it's much easier to maintain that momentum than stop starting. Keeping that flow, building momentum makes everything in life much easier. Yeah, just embracing that kind of lifelong journey. Yeah, so important, 100%, Ben. And I think you were just talking about it then. You were talking about that community and that global community as well, where there's so many opportunities lie. And I think that in the next five years, are there any opportunities that you can see upcoming for social enterprises to reach a broader audience and to be able to gain more exposure to that global community? Yeah, that, that, there's so much activity happening in Australia and also globally. Amazing to be able to connect very easily in a global context now as well. We've got loads to do. <laughs> there's plenty of social environmental challenges that we need to take on and we can't do them alone. We actually need to collaborate. Finding community and being able to reach these audiences is really important together, not as one out we need that concentration of efforts and collaboration. In Australia, we're really lucky to have the recently formed ASENA, which is the Alliance of the Social Enterprise Bodies at the state and territory level, but at a national level. We've got wow. the Social Enterprise National Strategy into 
the next phase, which is awesome. Then obviously all the state and territory bodies as well. Just in Australia, so much potential and, and so much activity happening. And the Social Enterprise World Forum with Brisbane hosting in 2022, you know, that's been a really powerful catalyst and, and focal point to bring some urgency to bring all of this activity together in, in a slightly more organised and cohesive way, which I, I think is great. In terms of going a bit broader, there's also within Australia, not technically or well, there's an overlap with social enterprise, but they're not the same thing. The B Corp community as well. There's always plenty of activity going on with the B Corp community and a great way to find other people, leaders, people that work within organizations that are using business as a force for good. Another organization and community that I love being part of is Catalyst 2030. So it's a, a global network of people into social enterprise ideas and social innovation to be able to collaborate on a global scale to work towards progressing the SDGs. That community come together over the last year and it's amazing seeing how that's growing at a global level and being able to have conversations with people all over the world and hear a bit about what they're doing and collaborate on different SDGs and topic areas as well. So many opportunities. <laughs> There's no shortage of opportunities. Yeah. One thing I find challenging is, because I like to be in everything, is uh, how to do a little bit of prioritization and try not to do everything at once. I think probably the bigger challenge is which of all of these awesome opportunities to focus on and contribute to meaningfully um, mm. and without it becoming a full-time job yeah. <laughs> of and all it, this collaboration. You're not wrong there. It's such a hard <laughs> thing to do. You see all of these movements going on around you and you just want to join all of them. And, and luckily there's a lot of intersects happening between them as well. And there's plenty of people, myself included, who are a member of multiple of the building bridges and connections and between this bigger ecosystem that's building around being able to you know solve problems that matter and do that in really meaningful ways. It's awesome. I love it. And it's just wonderful to hear that you've seen this global movement going on and it, it's an exciting space for anyone to be entering and I really think people will be more and more, so that's great. And you've talked about these organisations like B Corp or Catalyst 2020, uh, was it Catalyst 2020? 2030, so 2030, the target Catalyst date for the comp. Looking forward to the future, that makes complete sense. And these organisations <laughs> are bringing people together and they're bringing together entrepreneurs and organisations. So what other organisations have you seen, maybe through these programs, maybe just in general, that are creating a strong social impact and improving communities around them? I think those organisations and communities are a really good focal point. If you're looking to find a community, go have a look there. If you're looking for examples of organizations doing awesome things it's also a good place to look because that's where the collaboration is happening it's where the density is the other thing i mentioned all the state and territory social enterprise bodies that have stood up the majority of them in the last couple of years and qsec and vic earlier than that being able to see all of that activity happening if you need examples of people doing great things as all those organizations as part of those peak bodies as well Historically, it's been very fragmented. It'd be actually hard to go and find these different organizations. But through this activity, it's really centralizing and bringing community together, which I think is really powerful. In terms of other direct organizations, a shout out to a couple of my favorite people that I love working with. Collaboration for Impact. So Kerry Graham and the Skelton from CFI do amazing work, get invited into community a lot to work on really challenging complex systems change and take a collaborative change approach to that and collective impact approach quite often as well their work what they've been doing for seven eight years now really impressive and do it in a really beautiful way as well 
FDA, Young Change Agents, so Margaret O'Brien and the team, since we're on topic of design thinking <laughs> and social enterprise, that's exactly what they do. They go mostly into schools, but work with 12 to late teen sort of age group and run social enterprise design thinking programs. So where the students and the teachers as well actually work on their own social enterprise idea and take a design thinking approach to that. They're learning some of these skills and practice, but also around social impact and connecting to their why at the same time. It's great to see they've been on the Eastern Seaboard for quite a while now, but increasing up into Darwin in North Australia and hopefully globally. YCA do awesome work. I'm a big fan. Remarkable, the Disability Tech Accelerator, Pete Horsley and the team. And been doing awesome work for years and have gone global and especially that design thinking principles and ways of doing things like inclusive design. So when we design with and for people who have a disability, there's so much evidence to show that actually just creates far better products and services for everyone because we're designing with more empathy and, and looking at more usability and different aspects. The work that Remarkable has been doing over the last few years is awesome. And one of the organizations that I met on Remarkable was Wheel Easy. So Max and Justine and the team. Wheel Easy is the quick catchphrase is normally the trip advisor for mobility and access needs. Being able to bring together a whole bunch of information in terms of different venues, places and experiences that people who might have mobility challenges, so they know what that venue has. Is there actually an accessible uh, bathroom? Can, if you're using a chair, can you actually get into the venue, simple things like that. And one of the key things, again, that's inclusive design principle of it's not just a person who might be a wheelchair user, it's also all their friends and family. By having this information, it's, it opens up a lot more inclusion for all of those people. And then the universal and inclusive design of it also applies equally to people who might be parents with a pram or mm. somebody who is just injured themselves and is on crutches temporarily. Because all of these take this inclusive design approach we don't just benefit the target people that we're designing with but it has far reach far wider benefits as well they're just a couple of people yeah. and organizations that came to mind that you know so many people doing awesome work in australia and globally but there are a few that i work with regularly and i think they do great stuff yeah, and those are just a few really fantastic organizations and peak bodies that you just provided a shout out for. And to finish off, Ben, are there any books or resources that you would recommend for our audience? There's this one called Solve Problems That Matter. Um, Ooh, yeah, that I wonder, it's like a great read. Um, we'll have to, we'll have it's to. amazing. Ben, ben, someone, can't remember who that would be. But yeah, definitely 100% Solve Problems That Matter. Great book. Within that book, I actually refer to a, a lot of other books. One of the key things with, with the book is, one, I didn't want to be um, duplicating or competing with the other great work that's out there. So rather than just repeating great work that's been done, I refer to it, especially when there's additional resources and other tools and methods that people might want to use, link off to a bunch of those. One that's, since we've been talking a little bit about design and, and design research is a, is a key part of that. A nice little free ebook is IDEO's Little Book of Design Research Ethics. Mm. And especially in a social impact context it's a very simple easy read for free just go to IDEO's website and load it and it just has some really basic simple reminders around 
the ethics of when we're doing design, design research and treating people with respect and empathy and some of the ethics involved, which hopefully we all know and do, but it's a powerful little reminder in a, in a simple to digest format. Since we're talking design, there's a great book of methods called Design, Think, Make, Break, Repeat, which is very much design thinking <laughs> life yeah. cycle. Martin Tomich is the lead author on, on that book. And there's a sort of a collective of people at University of Sydney that have put that together, but Martin's at the lead. And great book of detailed design methods and techniques, easy to understand, well laid out. And their website as well has a bunch of the methods where you can just go to the website and get them for free as well. But it's worth buying the book and they've just released a, a new revision actually. I'm a big fan of Running Lean is his sort of more famous book. And obviously the creator is a remix of the business model canvas. He created the Lean Canvas. Mm -hmm. But his books and especially his blogs, really great. And he takes a very human-centered design approach to the startup world, which sometimes isn't quite there. But Ash's stuff is really good and, he's, and he applies his own way of doing the same principles to his work as well. It's very transparent when he's iterating and refining things and he publishes a lot of that on his blog, which is really awesome. A couple of other ones that I noted down, Mindset by Carol Dweck, awesome. And I encourage everyone to understand more about how mindset works and the idea of growth mindsets and where we might get triggered into our fixed mindset, but really easy to read and great work. The happiness Advantage by Sean Acor, who I mentioned earlier. Some of those basic, really practical happiness habits he covers in that. And other more in the, the social impact space, things like the Donut Economics by Kate Roworth and Drawdown by Paul Hawken. So many great books. Yeah, wow. <laughs> you could spend time reading. <laughs> we've got to <laughs> we do I mean, some stuff too. Some really great recommendations. I wish we could keep talking about them. Unfortunately, I think we're nearly out of time. But just for our audience, all of those books, resources, and organizations that you mentioned throughout this interview, all will be linked in at the end of the article. So they'll be able to either listen to the podcast or read through, and then they'll be able to check out those incredible recommendations and shout outs that you've made throughout our conversation today and before we finish up just quickly ben thank you so much for sharing your time today and just taking the time to share your insights and discuss the amazing work you're doing at dynamic four it's been invaluable i know for me at least i've really enjoyed this discussion and conversation and i know that the audience will have enjoyed it as well so thank you so much and i'm looking forward to seeing all the work that you do in the future and just good luck to you Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been great. I did most of the chatting, but maybe next time we can get you chatting more. <laughs> no, we want to hear from you, Ben. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. And good luck. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people, and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below. And remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page, and Twitter.